dig into God's word tonight for a little bit. Uh, thankful for its truth. Uh, and I'm glad we can apply it to our life. You know, some days I think we forget how old this Bible really is. And uh, the fact that we can read uh, pages of it and it applies to our life right now when the culture is different, uh, language is different, everything's different, uh, technology is definitely different. Uh, but I'm thankful that it's still true. But Luke 17, we're going to start in verse 20. And it says, <clears throat> Luke 17, 20, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said unto his disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they uh, shall say to you, See here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteth out of one part of the heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And that day he which shall be on the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for its truth, and Lord, I thank you for uh, already being with us tonight, for hearing our prayers and our songs, and Lord, I pray in this final time, Lord, that you would use me, fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit, uh, and Lord, empty me of self, and Lord, uh, that you would open up all of our ears and our hearts tonight for what your word has, teach us tonight, and Lord, help it to apply to our lives. Lord, we love you, we thank you for all things, in Jesus' name we pray. And amen. So Jesus had just healed uh, the 10 lepers. And in that story, uh, only one of them came back to give thanks, uh, the Samaritan. Uh, and then just before that, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, so this is pretty close to the message, the time frame of the message this morning. Uh, and John eleven fifty three 53 says, then from that day forth, the day he raised Lazarus from the dead, then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. So the same religious leaders that hated Jesus uh, would, you know, they, uh, as soon as they, they didn't like him, but as soon as he raised Lazarus from the dead, the one that had been dead four days, uh, they really didn't hate him. It multiplied. It got much worse. And they knew that he could not live because so many were turning uh, to him from the Jewish religion. So uh, they wanted him gone. But these same ones that wanted him gone, now in verse 20, notice, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come. So you see that they, they were frustrated uh, because of what he did with Lazarus. They couldn't deny it. Uh, you know, people saw it. They knew it. It was real. It wasn't a trick. Uh, and they were afraid, you know, of what was going on. So they knew they had to get rid of him. But those same frustrated the Pharisees come and demand something out of Jesus. They ask him a question, but it's not out of 
curiosity. It's not out of love or anything like that. They're demanding him when the kingdom of God should come. They're wanting to know what visible signs are we going to watch for when this, uh, their idea of the Messiah was this military type of Messiah that would defeat Rome's power, set up a global empire from Jerusalem, and kind of set them free from the grip of the Roman Empire. Uh, but Jesus had already told Nicodemus in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now he told Nicodemus that. They didn't all hear that but we know that uh, you can't just this is part of it you can't just see it uh, just because you're looking for some certain signs so here they are in their arrogance they're demanding from God demanding from Jesus to know something about the future all while acknowledging that he is uh, that he, he they're not acknowledging that he's God in the flesh they're they're irritated with him but now they're demanding of him what's going to happen to the future it's kind of uh, you know it's kind of one of those ironic things you know skeptical or not skeptical is not the right word but it, it's backwards why they would be uh, believing one thing and asking another but Jesus answered them the kingdom of God cometh not with observation and remember he's talking to them and it seems a little confusing but he's telling them you you don't believe in me you don't trust me you don't think uh, when I say that I'm God and he made those claims over and over again uh, that's why they wanted to kill him one of the other reasons why they wanted to kill him uh, and he made these claims uh, but they would reject it over and over again and he's saying you if you don't believe you're never going to see the kingdom of God same thing he told Nicodemus except a man be born again you cannot he cannot see the kingdom of God so he's saying hey you're not going to be able to observe this with your eyes if you can't observe that Jesus is God you're not going to be able to observe the different things and won't be able to observe his second coming that's what they're saying the problem is uh, the Pharisees, the other Jews, they wanted this material kingdom. They thought the kingdom of God, they wanted it right here. They wanted it here. Uh, they wanted all the blessings here. But he was talking about, Jesus is talking about a spiritual kingdom. Yes, he's going to uh, do things on this earth much, much later. But at first it was the spiritual kingdom side. That's where we're at now. We don't have a, a headquarters. We don't have a throne for the church. It's a, it's a spiritual kingdom. Uh, so when uh, is the kingdom of God going to come? That's the wrong question, right? Jesus really had a different question for them. When are you going to come to the kingdom of God? When are you going to believe? You're coming to me for these answers, but when are you going to believe that I'm God? Because look what he said. The kingdom of God is within you. He says that at the end of verse 21. And that just blew their mind. They're like, now wait a second. How could this be? How could it be that it's within me? You know, uh, these Pharisees, these doubters, these skeptics how that hated him. He's saying the kingdom of God is within you. Did that mean they're saved? No. What he's saying is that soul that they have. Every one of us has a soul that can be saved by Jesus Christ and will join the kingdom. You know, we'll join uh, the kingdom of God. It's just a prayer away. In fact, those Pharisees, the moment one of them would stop fighting Jesus and submit to Jesus and believe Jesus and trust Jesus, at that point, they would have had salvation. They'd have had their sins forgiven and they'd been able to see the kingdom. 
And here's the thing. He's saying uh, also, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And, and he's getting ready to tell them uh, that, you know, you're not going to be able to exactly pinpoint it, which matches other scriptures. Because here's the thing. If we knew exactly when the Lord was going to return, if we knew the exact date and time, it would change how we live today. Right? If that date uh, was a thousand years away from today, we would live differently, wouldn't we? Because you'd think, well, if I've got 30 years, I guess, ish to live, probably uh, I'm just going to do my own thing for about 25 of them and then turn to the Lord for the last five. Right? That's what we would do. Or... Or if it was real soon, people would, uh, you know, people would just repent and then they would, you know, just kind of sit back and wait for it to happen. You know, but we don't know. We don't know either way. Uh, that's why today we have to be ready for it to be soon and far at the same time. Uh, be, uh, we have to prepare for the, the, the day of the Lord's return. We have to prepare for the rapture for the church. We have to prepare for that soon uh, because if it happens today, we want to be, be found doing his will. If it happens... Uh, you know, outside of our lifetime, then we need to be doing things today that will help the next generation. Amen. We got to be doing things by faith uh, so the next generation of the church can carry it on and keep going. Because if we just gave up and sat and waited, then the next group's going to have it worse than us if he doesn't actually return in that time. So that's where we're at. That's the. So he tells this to the Pharisees, the first two verses but from 22 onward he's talking to his disciples and he said unto his disciples the days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the son of man and ye shall not see it and they shall say to you see here or see there go not after them nor follow them kind of similar to what he told the pharisees he said, you're going to long for the day of his return and many of you aren't going to see it including his disciples Right? And what's the devil want to do for this world? For any, He wants to produce a counterfeit Christ, right? Someone that's returning that can, uh, can claim to be Christ that can say, because again, if the Jews and others are looking for the Messiah, they've rejected Jesus Christ, they're still looking for the Messiah, well, then the devil's going to give them one, right? He's going to give them fake uh, Messiahs, fake Jesuses and things like that. People that'll come in and proclaim uh, that they're the reincarnation of Jesus or whatever nonsense. But the Bible clearly teaches us not to follow that. And here's the thing, we don't have to wait for a fake Messiah. We don't have to wait for a future day. We have access to the real Jesus at any time. You can call on his name at any time. He's a prayer away. And not only that, he's constantly making intercession for us in heaven. And he's saying, don't even go in the direction that they say Jesus is at. Don't follow people that are trying to deceive us that Jesus is back on earth. There are groups that say the entire uh, book of Revelation, the Great Tribulation, the Second Coming, and all of those things. Uh, you know, we went through the whole book of Revelation a couple years ago, and, and they say that all of those things have already happened. And I'm thinking, my goodness, how on earth do they explain some of those things where mountains are moved, 
you know, a third of the people on earth die. Uh, you know, the seas aren't the same, all kinds of things like that. They say it happened in 70 AD, and I don't know how on earth. Well, they say because that's when the Roman army came in and kind of decimated Jerusalem. They tore down the temple uh, and everything else. They say that, I looked a couple things up, it's kind of ridiculous, but they say Nero, the emperor at the time of Rome, he is the beast that they're talking about. And they're saying, well, you know, where it says no man could buy or sell without the mark of the beast, they're saying, well, the coins had Nero's head on them. I'm thinking, my goodness, you're going all those, you're, you're really stretching to try to fit and try to convince yourself that all these things are past. The problem is if all of Revelation is past, where's our hope? Right? John saw the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for a husband. Where is that? Right? Where's that at? If it's already done, we have no hope. This is our hope. And that's not a real hope. He's saying if they say here or there, don't you believe it? Their belief, there's no hope for tomorrow. There's no hope for today. Jesus has already returned, and some of them will come up with some year long ago that he returned. Uh, he just returned invisibly, uh, and nobody saw him, but he was here. And it's thinking, what is that? That's not, that's not anything that the Bible describes when he comes back. Everyone will see him. And that's look at verse 24. It says, for as... The lightning that lighteth out of one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven. So shall also the son of man be in his day, right? Imagine trying to hide lightning in the sky, right? Imagine trying to duplicate lightning in the sky. How, we can light things up on this earth. We can't light things up like lightning that comes across the sky and a huge amount of energy lights everything up. And they saying, hey, you think you can hide lightning? <laughs> you can hide it as, bad, as well as the son of man. You're not going to be able to say that he came secretly. He came as a ghost. He came as whatever. No, they're going to see him from one end of the sky to the other. That's what it's saying right there. Just like lightning. Lightning. Uh, he's going to hit this world and it's going to be that uh, maybe not the flash and the bang of lightning, but it's going to be just the same effect. This world's going to experience power that they've never experienced when Jesus returns. But first 25 must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. He's talking again. He's still talking about himself. He said, but before that date, Right? The Pharisees are concerned with that future date because they're mixed up, right? They wanted, they wanted the overthrowing Messiah first, but they forgot about the Isaiah 53 suffering servant Messiah. And he reminds them, but first he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation, right? The cross has to come first. The resurrection comes first. Uh, and this generation... Uh, they're still going to reject him, right? His painful death, they're going to reject him even on the cross, even after he's risen from the dead. And here's the thing. There, he's telling them, hey, don't think about the Messiah bringing this kingdom on earth until he dies on this earth and is risen again. Then verses 26 through 29 talks about the days of Noah, the days of Lot. 
Uh, in the days of Noah, 27 says, they did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Uh, verse 28, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. See, Jesus told the Pharisees, he gave them a short answer. He gave the disciples the long answer. Uh, but here's the thing. We have it here for us to read because the disciples, uh, it didn't matter that they had this information in these verses. It wasn't going to help them. They were not going to live even to the day we're in today. But he doesn't tell the Pharisees they're not going to believe him anyway. And Jesus doesn't give a date on the calendar. He could have. Right? If, he, uh, if Jesus wanted to, he could have given us a date, but he does not. He's God. He knows the future. We get a glimpse of what society's going to look like in those days. In the days of Noah, what's it say? They ate, they drank, and they got married. All the way up till the flood came. The days of Lot, they ate, drank, bought, sold, planted, and builded. And here's the thing. We, this is not all that happened because we see judgment coming. So in this passage, Jesus doesn't remind us why the judgment came. You know, we know that Genesis 6, 5, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Ezekiel 16, 49 and 50 talks about Sodom. Behold, this was the iniquity of her, thy sister Sodom. Pride, foolish, fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. Right, so what did we see? Evil was pre prevailing in the days of Noah, men were coming up with more and more evil ideas and putting them into practice. Things were getting more wicked, not better. In the time before the flood, in Sodom, we know that these, uh, the pride, all these different things that happened, the uh, sexual deviancy in Sodom, the, uh, all of these things that were abomination in the sight of the Lord. And Jesus said, how were they living? Remember what he said? How were they living? They were just living their normal lives. We're just going to go eat and drink right in the days before the flood. Let's go get married, even though Noah, the preacher of righteousness, is warning that the flood is coming as a judgment from God. The ark is being built, and as it's getting close to being finished, there are people that are literally planning weddings for three months down the road or six months or a year down the road, not even caring, not even believing that judgment is coming. Same thing with Sodom. What are they doing? Eat. Uh, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold. Old, uh, why would you be worried about real estate transactions or or buying and selling things? They planted. I mean, if if you, why would you plant a field that's going to be ruined by fire and brimstone within a few days or within later that same day? Got up early, did all that energy, got the tractor going, all that stuff to plant, and they would never get to enjoy any of it. It get burned up, and they would get burned up, and they were building things. All of these things going on. What living as if judgment would never come. And Jesus is the one that told us that the same way it looked then is the same way it's going to look when I return. And if he's going to take the church 
seven years before he returns, how close are we to this? I can't find anything, any description of the time before the flood or any description about Sodom and Gomorrah. I've looked at all of them throughout the Bible for both of those places and time periods, and I cannot find a single thing that's not going on today. There's nothing. I can't find anything that we're uh, not doing today that if we did it, then finally we would meet the last requirement. We've met them all. And we've been meeting them all for a while. Now, I know God doesn't run on the same time period as me, but to me, I'd feel a little safer if maybe one or two of those things wasn't happening today. We don't have that safety. We don't have that insurance. He's saying, hey, this is what it's going to look like. Judgment. They were living normally just before the judgment came. They didn't care that they were living rebelliously in direct conflict with the scriptures. Judgment was coming, right? That was the warning. Even Lot at the last minute was warning his family that judgment was coming. They didn't want to hear it. They laughed at him. And these days, the, the days just continued as normal, right? The restaurants were busy. People were getting married. They were planning those things, getting ready, getting their hair done and everything else. People are doing real estate deals. Farmers are planting just like today, right? Same thing's going on today. We can't see it as well right now because it's cold outside, so people are inside. But what happens during the summer, right? We see people doing all kinds of stuff. No care for God. If they truly believed that judgment was coming soon, they wouldn't have made any long-term plans. But like today, what happens? The lost of this world make plans for this world, right? If they make long-term plans, it's for this world. It's not for eternity. It's not for the life to come. We're seeing the days of Lot right before our eyes. No regard for God's definition of marriage between a man and a woman. No regard for what the Bible calls fornication. They don't care. I mean, imagine, imagine giving someone, you'd have to give them the definition today. You'd say the Bible is against fornication. God's against it. Jesus is against it. And here's the definition you would get laughed at today. Because nobody cares. Look at verse 30. This is Jesus speaking. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. That should be a harsh reminder for us because we have to be ready. Because I can't think of anything missing. And also it's a harsh reminder that there are people around us that are eating and drinking and planting and building and buying and selling. As if nothing is going to change. As if they'll never have to stand before Jesus Christ. One more verse, verse 31. In that day, he which shall be on the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that's in the field, let him likewise not return back. Now there's a couple verses here that uh, uh, you know people struggle with. They, they sound a little strange, but I was thinking about first the one on the housetops. You know, when that flood started, when the rain started, when the water started coming up, from the ground and from the sky and everything, when floodwaters rise, what do people do? Have you ever seen news footage? They go on the roof, right? They go on the roof and they can't go back and get their stuff in the house. The water's already too high. I guarantee when the flood was starting, 
people got as high as they could, right? And they lived a little bit longer, but they, they couldn't then go into their house and get anything. And he's giving a metaphor. He's saying, hey, if you're on the housetop, maybe working on the roof, and the Lord comes back, there's no time to go back and get your stuff out of there. He that's in the field, likewise, no time. And really, there'd be no desire either. Someone stuck on the top of their house, they could care less what stuff is down there. They're trying to live. And that's the same thing. Their stuff had no value as the flood waters were rising. And just like people today, if they would think about it, as death approaches all the material things, those values go away as time vanishes away. Those that are in the field, they don't have time to come back to get their house, to get their affairs in order. It'll be too late. This world is living as if there will never be an end to their lives and judgment will never come. And as I, every time I think about the days of Noah, the days of Lot, because this isn't the only time the Lord talked about it, I think about today. And it does two things for me. Number one, it gives me hope. Right? It gives me hope. Because I want to be with the Lord. Amen? I want to be taken out of here. I want to be called up. I want to meet uh, those that have already gone home in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I want that to happen. I'm excited for it. I'm looking for it on one hand. And to me, if there's no more requirements that need to be fulfilled, it could happen today. It could happen before we finish. But on the other hand, it makes me fearful for those that are lost. Because the same ones, remember I talked about it this morning, there were people that neglected Noah's message. There are people that neglected Lot's message. And people that have neglected people preaching and witnessing the truth of the gospel. And they're in hell. And there's no change. Remember the Pharisees' original question? When will the kingdom of God come? And I think Jesus made it pretty clear. It's coming soon. These are the warning signs. And if we've met them, then we can say without warning, he'll come. Right? He said, here's the warning. Well, if we've seen the warning, we're not getting any new warning. That's it. All right. So let's open up the altar for prayer.